to positions of hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God Bless America. No, no, no. Some fucked up teeth here. This is, this is fucking. Uh, my teeth are fine though. How okay. is everyone's teeth? I just I have teeth check in on the podcast. Everyone, that's the thing. I also had not been to the dentist in I don't know ten years, seven yeah, years. Yeah, it's been about and it. They, and but, I went, and they were like, "Yeah, you don't need to. If you're that's if what you I brush have. and floss, yeah, yeah, then you're good." If that was not it. my experience as a dentist. <laughs> if you use ACT, which is like one of those fluoride kind of like uh-huh. mouthwash, not mouthwash, but like a specific mouthwash that has like a little bit of fluoride in it, it's really good for your teeth. It's Pod Dental America. Hi, I'm Jake Flores. <laughs> Lee is here. Pod Dental Damn America. Well, that's a different oh, thing. That's fuck not that actually that dental. It. Come on. That was way better. Pod Dental Damn America. All right. <laughs> Here we Pod go. Dental Damn America. We are a prophylactic themed podcast now. <laughs> yeah, we're for um, Andersley here. Having a cunnilingus in high school or whatever. Alex Patak is here. Holy molars. That's pretty good. And uh, returning to the show after many, many years. My, how you've aged. What's up? <laughs> Welcome back, Danny Feltz. Did you ever watch the movie Teeth? Yes. Back into that? That's den- prophylactic dental. Damn. There you go. Although, or, or, yeah. Never saw it. Yeah. I didn't either, but I just know what it involved. I saw Smile. It was really good. That's not related it's, to teeth. Though. There's teeth in it. Yeah. What's your favorite movie with teeth in it? <laughs> we got a lot to discuss uh, today on the Steve podcast. One. Yeah. It had a problem, though, because it was one where everybody was like, this looks incredibly corny, but I've only heard good reviews about Smile. Oh, it kicks ass. Yeah, I was. I went in Team Smile. hoping it would be corny, <laughs> and then I saw it at like midnight in a theater with just me and my friend, and I was like, oh, this is very frightening and a scary way to watch it. It's a premise that shouldn't work. It's a really good, like, I'm impressed by what they did with that movie. What is... Because all I know is of the guerrilla marketing campaign they did where the... Where people just run around and smile at you? Yeah. They smile at your ass. There was a, ba- a woman at a baseball game, uh, I think Yankees, and she was just like staring at the camera, <laughs> yeah, yeah. smiling. Ah. It, it's only scary after you've seen the movie, though. Is the thing. Before, <laughs> yeah. it just kind of looks really stupid. It's like a It Follows style exactly. curse where if you have the curse, then like the demon sort of inhabits other people in your gaze and like you'll just be like hanging out with Alex all of a sudden he's just smiling too much at you right, and you're like yeah. oh my god he's gonna I've got the curse and it's gonna kill me it's it, like a brain parasite style ghost yeah that sounds like a combination of the ring and drag me to hell or something like that yeah it's that same genre yeah it's the curse genre which is an underrated horror genre in my opinion it's very unnerving yeah people should be more aware of curses True. in our society <laughs> Speaking of curses, we're talking about uh, traffic today. You know, know, one place where you may be saying curses is the open road as you navigate (laughs) the 
Lanes of the highway pursued by big heavy vehicles. It's weird that curse words are called that because it does kind of make it sound like you're like an evil wizard. Yeah. And you're like, I would put a curse on you for cutting me fucking yeah. off. That's a magic. A uh, hex to upon it. your family <laughs> for yeah. 15 years. Smiling at you from the next car. Like, yeah, yeah. That's it. I have no choice left but to call you a actually, bitch. Actually, <laughs> a really unnerving thing that I've been doing for about five years now is whenever somebody blasts a red right in front of me or does something wildly illegal, I just point at them as they're doing it across the entire intersection. Wow. That would make me think I had a curse for yeah, a movie. I, I, yeah, for real, I'm hexing. That's a new viral marketing campaign for the movie Point. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. People are pointing at me. That is, though, like shame him sort of shit. Yeah, shame exactly. It, I think that works because other people will. A lot of what happens in public, especially in like traffic, since everyone's out for themselves, is like, uh, I'm just going to ignore that because that doesn't affect me, right? But yeah. I like what you're doing there. If if you're like, uh, there was a guy um, who would who would uh, make viral videos himself, like biking around, and he would yell, "Bike lane, get out of the bike lane!" <laughs> in the Star Wars like cadence, mm. and it worked because eventually it gets stuck in your head. Da, 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 da. You're like, why is this guy doing this Star Wars thing at people? And eventually you would go, uh, "Oh my gosh, is that bike lane music coming in? Oh my gosh!" I, <laughs> I do that sometimes when I'm in an irritable mood, and uh, it, I've done it so much though that it's kind of morphed into bike lane, bike. Oh uh, yeah, like bike lane, bike lane, but then it. Over time, it's just become bike lane. Yeah. Bike lane. Bike lane. I, I scream at the top of my lungs when I'm biking. I don't give a fuck. People yeah. do not care. I was, I've been bike. There's like worse bridges for it and shit. Uh, the Brooklyn Bridge is fucking terrible because everyone is like a tourist. They're like holding mm -hmm. hands yeah. as, as horizontally as possible and walking over it. And the bike lane is like in the same con connected path as pedestrian lanes. So people just like take selfies in and shit. I was, I was going up it one time up so i'm biking up on a fucking bike with like a single speed type thing going on standing up and shit you know huffing and puffing and four like giant like like military type looking guys were jogging down it like next to each other like a broadway line <laughs> i don't know what i've been doing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like a wall and i just was like get the fuck out of my way and they didn't like they were all like singing together so they oh like, my god they're talking to each other or something so they just mowed me over and i was like do you ran into them yeah i was like what the <laughs> fuck like this is what old jake is mighty old sound off <laughs> Mow him down. Oh, I feel like this is a curse people on the internet put on you sometimes, Jake, where they're like, yeah. I hope you run into four hard operators while you're out on your little bike. <laughs> See what happens. It really feels like that. They, they did change the Brooklyn Bridge about a year ago. So fortunately, now instead of being thrown right into like a Turkish family with a selfie <laughs> stick, like you actually... <laughs> have your own separated path that is oh, literally on Jesus. the car. Thank God. Yeah. I just committed to never doing that again. It's another angry bike guy episode. Of yeah. yeah, that's right. This is a very, I like this. This is a good uh, returning. Thank you for your service, service industry sort of thing. Well, I guess we're not talking about specifically yeah. about biking as a job today, but uh, it's part of infrastructure. It's part of society. You return know? with a V. Yeah, well, can I tell you, I got this idea. <laughs> so got like a, a penny farthing? <laughs> yeah, return. Yeah, <laughs> Like a Matt Walsh guy? Yeah, yeah. Return. return. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I've... Uh, 
Yeah. Did you do you ever uh, slap a phone out of any? Do you, have you ever like ruined somebody's electronics on your bike? Before? Not gonna say that on the record. Anders, what were you about to say? <laughs> <laughs> I got this idea actually a few months ago um, when I was I had recorded a podcast here and was uh, biking, making my way down. Uh, the street by here. I was about to name the street. I won't say what it is, but uh, and then I get stopped by a news crew uh, just a few blocks from here, and they're like, "Hey, we want you to talk about uh, being a cyclist in this city in New York City." I was like, "Okay," and then they tell me, "Yeah, a man just died right here." <laughs> <laughs> at he looks this just like you. <laughs> Are you able to disclose the intersection? Um, uh, it was you know when um, when Morgan becomes uh whatever you know when it, when morgan goes off to grand like yes, that, that yes, stretch yes um yes. and there's yeah. kind of that like weird area with the um striped bar and you know there's there's like three streets kind of combining into one they yeah. should just it's really awkward yeah it's, it's like it's, wilson morgan and another street yeah yeah morgan yeah. is a tricky one yeah right near the morganelle um and so, so I they they asked me like, well, what, what's your reaction to this man dying? And I was like, wow, that's <laughs> not good. Yeah. I'm against it. It's also not surprising. Morgan, it's like there's so many industrial trucks riding yes. on it all of the time. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's what the neighborhood originally was, and arguably is supposed to be is like you know Boar's Head warehouses and like. <laughs> Welcome to Boar's Head. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, part of the city designed to hold pig screams. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a bike lane there, and people just don't respect it like so many of the bike lanes in New <laughs> York City. Nobody respects it. <laughs> it's, they're the Rodney Dangerfields of New York City, the bike lanes. Uh, but they asked me, like, what's your reaction to this man dying? And I was like, well, that's scary. And then I, uh, the next day, look up the clip online, and uh, they were like, we talked to a cyclist about what it's like to ride a bike in New York City. And it just cuts to me going, scary. <laughs> <laughs> they made you look like a dumbass. Yeah. Scary. They got the, scary. It's the like absolute a, tightest clip they could possibly get. It's like seeing the movie Smile at all times. Um, you're, but, just, you're just like, ooh. <laughs> I mean, the, the it's all cut together like Chef on South Park. <laughs> it's very scary. I'm a baby. <laughs> <laughs> but the truth is, it is ninety nine percent of it, maybe ninety, is not scary. It's pretty uh, quotidian. In fact, it's will. beautiful. You're right. gonna have to def you're gonna have to define that one for me. I have no idea. What it's normal. It's you, yeah, it yeah. doesn't feel like alarming. You don't feel like alarmed. You you feel comfortable. Like I would say, most of the time on a bike, yeah. even in New York, and and I would say that to anybody who's considering biking or biking more. Uh, as a way of getting around, it's it's uh, I ver think very feasible in New York City, especially. It is, in my opinion, the fastest way to get from point oh, A to point B. Oh, it's the key time. to the city, man. Because yeah. like fucking cars are too expensive, and trains are fucked up all the time. But if you bike, especially if you do what I do, and you bike two trains, you can get anywhere yes. in like thirty. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's crazy, right? Yeah. Uh, and and if it, and if it's, it's more safe if more people do it as we will get to later but like um something when i tell people i was like a bike messenger in new york city people from other parts of the country are always like oh that's i can that's so scary i could never do that they see the joseph gordon levitt movie they think yeah. it's joseph, joseph gordon levitt yeah yeah and uh and you're premium rushing everywhere and that there's like a mafia trying to get you and you have to save the convention center or where the fucking movie was about <laughs> crooked cop <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> crooked cop he's biking up the wrong lanes oh is that what it was <laughs> 
Um, yeah. He but, kills a guy in Chinatown. They just let him go. That's a, that's weird. Um, but <laughs> like, what I was telling him is that it's actually like less dangerous here because the city is more concentrated. And for it, to some extent, people are aware that there's bikes out. There's still assholes about it. But yeah. the thing is, it's way more dangerous to bike in cities that are just like road oriented. Yeah. And you have to drive everywhere because you're going to be biking on the side of the road or on these like dead man curves when people are going to be coming around them in their cars cruising at like 40 miles an hour listening to the radio and on their phone and shit and just like you just pick you off like a fucking fly you know yeah you don't even notice they killed you that's like way worse than like just kind of weaving in and out of uh you know bumper to bumper traffic or whatever yeah it, the, the the thing about new york specific biking bike biking biking hazards biking is it's almost inverted in a weird way cuz you'd think like oh brooklyn and queens maybe they're a little bit safer to ride in but i did i did messenger work like professional messenger work for 3 years and manhattan is the easiest to ride in because mm-hmm. everybody can like taxis have existed forever there's pedestrians everywhere and you really can't drive that fast in manhattan and Everybody's just sort of used to it, but like as sort of the line of gentrification basically like went outwards from Williamsburg to like whatever East New York is to like Bushwick. <laughs> whatever. I mean, East yeah. Williamsburg. East Williamsburg. East New me. York is an established. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, East New York is in Browns. No, oh, it's adjacent to Browns. Yeah. But uh, it's east of it. As, uh, <laughs> as it sort of expanded, that line of like people biking all the time got introduced to more places. So like by actual, like uh, an agreed upon like timetable, like bike lanes in Brooklyn have, and like people commonly using them all the time here have really only existed for like 15 years, maybe 10. Mm. And people aren't used to it. Like it's like, you can ride up and down first Avenue. I mean like the, the best street to ride down, which is always wild for people in my opinion was fifth Avenue right in front of like Rockefeller center because it never gets faster than 20 miles per hour. It is, it's busy. So it's like, you know, when to start and stop essentially, but like out here, it's like, you could just get plowed over on gates by some guy going 70 miles per hour and a Nissan Maxima like Mm. any day of the week. Yeah. You can get plowed out here. Um, You can get absolutely, uh, what's it? What's that meme? Like, uh, Fucked in a sundress. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you can get railed. Railed. railed in a sundress. I mean, yeah. so yeah. many cute well, sundress. Yeah, yeah. So many like uh, car like motorists. Thank you. Which which is you know that's the other thing I was gonna say. I don't I ride a bike. I don't like calling myself a cyclist though because I feel like that's like driving a car and calling yourself a motorist. It just is unnecessarily silly. But like Mr. Burns. Yeah. But I guess it is literally what I do. And if Return. if more people ride bike, <laughs> as we've established as the way to say ride bike, uh, then <laughs> Smithers, let me ride my bike. <laughs> then less need for to call bike. people cyclists. Like you don't call anybody a yeah. motorist these days. But motorists uh, in New York City, I find, and not just New York, all over the country, don't understand what the rules are for bikes. They're just yeah. mad that you exist. They're like go on the sidewalk. Which if you do that here in New York. You get thrown in jail. Like you can get yeah, at least at minimum a ticket. Also, yeah. everyone's mad if you go on the sidewalk. Like yeah, they're, right. They're in your lane, and then they're like, "Get out of my way! Go on the sidewalk or go on the road." Yeah. And then it's like, okay, now you're in the bike lane, and I'm a car. Right. Why <laughs> can we switch back? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's a problem, especially with like accidents. The thing 
with New York specifically is there's 10 million people just mixing around all the time. So when an accident does happen, it's fucking awful. Like in 2019, there was like a, just an absolute, just, you know, people got killed left and right for several months. And like, they were always awful. Like a lady got blasted uh, by a cement truck on Bushwick Avenue. This messenger called like Aurelia Johnson, who was like a 25 year old person, just started working at Samurai, uh, Samurai Messenger Service. Like she got creamed by a guy on uh, 8th Avenue, I believe, or 6th Avenue, something like that. And like, that's the thing about New York. It's like, if you want to kill somebody, you, you can run them over with your car. And mm. like, if you say, oh no, no, it's an accident. Like you will not be charged. The whoopsie <laughs> law. Yes, it is literally that. Whoopsie's <laughs> law. Yeah. All right, well, if you want to do that, you heard it here first, folks. Yeah. Tell them you heard yeah. it on Pod Dental Dam America. <laughs> so I don't, I don't blame people for wanting to ride on the sidewalk. What I've heard, and it, you know, it is, can be obstructing to pedestrians, but what I've heard is the reason it's, illegal isn't actually because of uh, people walking. It's because it's of because drive- I'm walking here. Yeah. <laughs> New York City law. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how, but, can, how can I be walking here if you're biking? Here? <laughs> but apparently it's because of shootings. Uh, because, really? you know, yeah, that's what the police were saying that like, oh, these kids. They're doing they, bike buys. Exactly. Bike buy shootings. And that's why they've made it illegal. But, but they couldn't do is it that, in the road. Is that why yeah, they're, is that why they're like, uh, do from the bike lane. They're specifically, yeah. you know, that the police are helping by parking their cruisers <laughs> to yeah. parallel onto the sidewalk in front of every single police precinct and about mm, a block and a half uh, radius outside of those precincts. Well, you have to shoot from farther away. They're helping. The drive by that way. <laughs> yeah. It's a marksmanship law. It's right. to make us better at our marksmanship. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about something before we get derailed. Best criminal. Before we get world. railed in a sundress. Before we get derailed in a sundress. <laughs> Uh, Which happens to be cute. One sort of related story. uh, This is a story that's published in More Perfect Union at More Perfect Union US is the the outlet. Uh, Crazy. It's not a bigger story. Um, So there's there's something interesting that happened over the last few years since I've been a bike messenger that I wasn't really aware of and that other people probably aren't aware of, which is that the... uh, the, the job of being an app-based delivery driver has reached critical contradictions and stuff is happening. Um, so if you're an app-based delivery driver, if you work for fucking Grubhub and, and DoorDash and all that shit, um, you know, they've basically hollowed out that job into uh, independent contractor status, right? We're all familiar with how that goes. Probably get ready for your 1099 NEC. So a fucking, uh, a group chat eventually evolved into something kind of resembling a union for independent contract gig workers called, uh, Los Deliveristas Unidos, uh, based in Manhattan. And it's something that I guess like, developed all the way into a fight for and a pass like they won a fucking law that was supposed to pass a $24 an hour minimum wage for delivery drivers in New York City. It they won it. It was supposed to go into effect in uh January of this year and it just hasn't. Uh, which yeah. is 
something I guess that can happen in the city level politics. You could or do that. Yeah, they're blaming Mayor uh, Eric Adams for wow. it. Wow, shocked. Yeah, that he would be involved <laughs> in preventing people from getting a raise. Man. Um, but He's yeah, done nothing so, wrong. I don't know. I yell at people about this because this is just like a raising awareness we thing. We caught a lot of city. those. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Many of the people waiting for the race have been riding on the sidewalk. We've monitored up to 11 different cyclists, as they're called, who say they want to race, but they ride on the sidewalk. That's Mayor Eric I Adams. can see it. I like it. Thank I you. close my eyes and I see it. Mayor Eric Adams. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So there, there's this video I'll link in the whatever, but like it's, uh, it's interesting because they talk about another thing that's happened over the last few years, which is that in that job, they interview like, uh, you know, it's mostly like immigrants and stuff. And mm-hmm. if you've ever... Right ordered a pizza you're probably familiar with it's like you know guilty (laughs) some guy who doesn't know how to pronounce your anglo name and uh, is making pennies on the dollar and shit and uh it's bad job right but something interesting that's happened over the last few years is that uh like like the one of the guys they interviewed probably just language barrier reasons or something is a white dude who was riding a fixed gear bike and he he tells them like yeah, most people don't ride a fixed gear bike, and then he's got these giant, you know, I'd ride a fixed gear like calves or whatever, and he's yeah. like, "This is premium uh, rush. This is what happens when I have to compete with nothing but e-bikes." Yeah, because th- what happened with e-bikes is that, and this is like, if there was access to them, would be, I guess, a good thing or something. But like, it became like steroids in baseball, where like the they're so ubiquitous that uh, y- that it's the industry standard now. So mm-hmm. that created a barrier to being a fucking bicycle delivery guy, which is one of the most menial jobs in the city. Right. Like, I yeah. did it because of all oh, the, that yeah, explains are you a hobo with a bike. Here you go. You know? <laughs> that explains why. Cause I did it for a while too. And I stopped in part because it just, there were, there were, there was no more uh, deliveries. Like I would show up, tr- I would clock in it's, uh, you know, basically. And I would just get nothing for like hours uh, and you know when you would some for a while it would be like okay it's Friday night three every three deliveries you get an extra ten bucks there'd be shit like yeah. that but when that doesn't happen you're sol it's like you get nothing yeah uh, it's and you're just at the whims of like this app that like right. just like patches them out to you or whatever um, and you know f- further obscures like how the money's being broken down and stuff and you can never really tell I, I th- I'm pretty sure that they can't outright take the tips from you but like yeah. the, the percentage of the actual like f- f- like cost of the meal itself right. that you get is where they just accordion everything to make it yeah. to where you always get fucked and you know what they do do is they make the tip option harder to find for the customer they'll just like fuck with the, so you know sometimes when you you know pay for something at a counter service restaurant it'll say a suggested tip and you you just have to press it and it already calculates it for you sometimes they'll do that on the app and you make a lot of money then other times the customer has to like search through and like uh really dig to find the place where you, they can add the tip yeah and when and they, i i don't know it's why weird, they do that some- i think it's just to like Make it look like it's less expensive for the customer. I think it's probably so, it. Like there's yeah. probably two modes of two two uh, minds here, right? One of them is regular tipping culture shit, where it's like, well, okay, I can keep the products cheap if I can sub like uh, outsource the cost of labor to the fucking customer, which is where they shove the tip in your face and they go, hey, you paid this employee right. instead of me. That's that's tales all the time, right? Yeah. But the other one is. 
yeah, if if they make it to where it doesn't really seem like you have to tip, then you walk away going, "Wow, DoorDash is great. It's really cheap." You know? Yeah, yeah. the 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 thing too is that like everything is inaccessible, uh, not inaccessible, but like it becomes inside knowledge if you are the delivery person. Where if you don't know that inside knowledge for a little bit, you just get fucked basically for X amount of time. Like Jake and Andrews, you probably experience this where sometimes in the apps you would get a thing where it would pop up and you're like, oh, this delivery is for like $14 or whatever. And you're like, oh, I'm going to take that one because I can already tell that the tip on it is like pretty decent. And then every once in a while, one would come up where it's like, this delivery is $2 and it would become incredibly apparent. Like this person's a piece of shit or they don't know where to tip. Yeah. And thus it is an untipped delivery. So I know to just like send that one on its way. But yeah. if you're just starting out and like your thing is just like, you know, go, 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 go. You may not know how to, gam- uh, to game the system. And it's just like, you'll just get fucked for however long it takes. Well, I, you know? another reason that I stopped doing this, like in that situation, if you like reject enough deliveries, yeah. they stop giving them <laughs> yep. to you. Yeah. And then you're like, then you're just sitting around with your thumb in your ass in Manhattan or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Blizzard. Um, something I do want to make sure we, we tackle. A couple gripes from cyclist Anders Lee. Anders Gripe Corner. It's the Grouch Corner. <laughs> Uh, we were yeah, talking about of the week. <laughs> biking on the sidewalk, biking on the you know on the street when there's no bike lane, that whole thing. Another thing we should be biking clear about. Elon Musk's girlfriend gripes. <laughs> <laughs> wow, <laughs> gentle damn America, folks. Um, red lights. We should be allowed to go through them when there's no cars coming. That's my opinion. If there is traffic and you and like. You know, it's a busy intersection and somebody tries to bike on through that. That's a stupid idea. Uh, don't do that. That person sucks. But when there's no cars in sight and there's a red light, you should. Be, the bike is 20 pounds. A car yeah. is 1,000 pounds. You're not endangering anybody or yourself by running a red light on a bike when there's nobody there. Uh, but I've still gotten ticketed for that. That's an Idaho stop. You know about that law? No. In the state of Idaho, if you come up to a red light and you basically treat it like a stop sign, though, give it a right, give it a look, no yeah. one's coming, you can go right through that red light. With a car? You should have that. With a, no, with a bike. Oh, okay. It's only in the state of Idaho, though. It's the Idaho stop. The okay. Idaho stop. Yep. Here in Boise, we got places to be, let me tell you. In Coeur d'Alene, I need to get my pizza as fast as possible. Why am I from South Carolina yeah, now? No, the accent is all wrong. <laughs> That's because I started off that way because I thought it would be funny. Got That's a freaking right. bike full of Idaho potatoes. This guy can't wait going. That's more like it, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, the only solution to that is basically flaunting to lo- the law and just hoping you're aware enough to know when the quota needs to be filled yeah. by the cops and just following the law to a T. <laughs> Otherwise, <I've, laughs> I have asked police officers, like, can I go? And like, when you do that, that they've had, they have been like, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, it is a it is a vibe based <laughs> policing system right. when it comes to ticketing cyclists. Well, yeah, but the, then other ones will pull you over, and I'm like, well, like, what is the justification for this? They're like, this Polish woman cop was like, well, you could have um, got an accident. Like, all right, with who? <laughs> yeah. uh, there was nobody there. Yeah, that's just like a, that's just functionally like uh, it's like with jaywalking where it's it's legal, 
until they just decide yeah. until it's not. It's not. <laughs> yeah. And so there's nothing you can do about it. It's just a tax, yeah. man. You're just going to get a ticket every now and then. You don't like it? Move to Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> How many tickets have you gotten? I've gotten like three. three. I yeah, think I've gotten three, three too. Yeah. Only yeah. three? I've got a million. I yeah. mean, mm-hmm. one of them was, this is kind of my fault, uh, the Williamsburg Bridge now has bike infrastructure. There's a pretty good bike lane with a, a bit of a barrier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a few years ago, there nothing existed. And so if you wanted to go, if you're going, you know, back into to Bushwick, they have the, that street there. and It's a one way. And you have I got no a ticket way. there, too. Yeah. 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 The, the only way to do, you have to go like all the way, like basically take an extra 10 minutes to mm-hmm. go down, I guess, like one of the South Second or whatever, and then mm-hmm. take a right and then go. It, it's a huge waste of time. And yeah, they love this. And they, yeah. fixed, they fixed it eventually, yeah. but right. not for a while. They were waiting there. They were scoping out, waiting for the cyclists to go the wrong way. Yeah. Um, another thing I want to make sure we tackle. This is a big issue of controversy. Uh, headphones. <laughs> when you ride a bike. A-O-fucking-K. There is no logical reason for you to get upset at somebody for listening to audio while they ride a bike. Anyone who tells you that thing about how, like, oh, you shouldn't use that or you should only keep one in or whatever is not a serious person. They're not involved in this conversation. (laughs) They've not done this job or anything or commuted that much. That's made-up shit from people who just took the bike safety course or something or took a driver's license course. It's not real. People don't do that. here's, Here's one thing. What I do when I ride, because I listen to stuff all the time, I can't listen to music. It's too distracting for me. But the frequencies that the human voice is at, I can listen to podcasts all the time and I can still hear everything around me. It's music where I I can't hear other cars around me specifically. Podcast clause. Podcast, yeah. yeah, yeah, podcast. Class, I mean, it's yeah. funny. It's podcast. different for everybody. Yeah, you know, some people who can listen to music better, and then podcasts are more distracting because you're like actually taking in information. Yeah, you yeah. keep turning to look to see if the people are there behind but, you. And that's the other thing is like if you follow this to this lo- to its logical conclusion, should deaf people not be allowed to ride Checkmate. a bike? Checkmate. Checkmate. No, they shouldn't be allowed. <laughs> well, also, also like uh, I mean, if you're working, you're doing these bike delivery jobs. You should have your headphones in because you need to fucking call people and shit. Yeah. And they're going to call you. Right. And you, it's worse if you pull your phone out of your fucking pocket and you're yeah. like, oh, keep the fucking headphones in. My wife was showing me this uh, biography of this blind karate guy from the 70s. He's like a famous blind magician and he also does karate and he biked <laughs> everywhere. Cool. The, thing, the thing about the whole listening to music thing is... You have to wonder what's going to happen if you do get in an accident because like you the odds are already stacked against you where the NYPD hates bikes anyway. Mm-hmm. So if you get hit by a car and there is even an inkling of an earbud in your thing they're going to be like, "Oh wow, this guy's a fool right here." You know, and like you're just fucked. Contraband. Yeah. Like there's it's like you could be doing everything right, following the law, everything to a T, but if there's one earbud in they're gonna be like well you're not at fault and then you're just you're boned you know that's probably true you should they're gonna do that anyway for some other fucking reason i don't but if it goes to court like there's no way that argument holds up because a car is a giant sensory deprivation tank like even if you're listening to your headphones full blast on a bike you're still way more present on the street than in a car listening to nothing like i think you're right but i don't think that means that they it'll yeah hold that up in that court. does not hold that does not hold up in court but <laughs> up in i court. usually do, do what you want but if you yeah. defend yourself it will work 
Yeah. <laughs> I will go pro, you. Go pro se. Jake's See what happens. Well, I just want to start by like... Have you been injured on the job? I just want to start <laughs> by knocking down this myth because it's everywhere and it is such utter bullshit. The idea that like you, you all of a sudden are... You know, don't feel centripetal force if you have headphones in or that. I mean, I guess you can listen to them really, really loud, and that's not a great idea. But yeah. like, they had to be pretty loud for you to not hear a car coming up behind you, which is what the thing people always say. If a car is coming up behind me, even if I can hear it, my options are pretty limited. Like, there's not a lot I can do about a car running into me from the back. Yeah, I couldn't know? tell you were bumping my wheel because I had Matchbox 20 on <laughs> full blast. Um, yeah, it was 3 a.m. Yeah, you were pushing me around. It's a Matchbox 20 song. Be, oh, I know. <laughs> I know them all. Be very... I would say... I'm going to just go ahead and say it. I categorically oppose this, but... Be very careful. Be careful. <laughs> Be I, very careful. Sure. Let me tell you a story. I was biking around the other night. I was biking home from work. It was three in the goddamn morning, right? It was dead. The, witch, the witching hour. It was the witching hour. <laughs> An ice cream truck came up <laughs> next to me, and the guy accidentally turned on the ice cream truck music. Three in the morning, terrifying, ah. middle of nowhere. And he, he wouldn't gotten arrested for that, for listening to his music. Yeah. Huh? Are you yeah, sure it wasn't that's, that's a great point. No one arrests the ice cream truck for having a song playing. It's the sweet tooth defense, Your Honor. <laughs> was, are you sure that wasn't case. like the devil's ice cream truck and only you could see it? Like that wasn't some sort of... I felt like it wasn't a nightmare, dude. <laughs> I probably was just a hallucination. Yeah. It was like a Jacob's Ladder scene or something. I was like, ah, oh, Vietnam! <laughs> do you ever... Do you hate the ice cream trucks that do the song that goes... Hello. hello. <laughs> How could you hate Those that? Are so crazy. I, I like the other song. I just don't like the hello. <laughs> it's actually uh, was a guerrilla marketing campaign for a movie called Hello. Uh, First uh, smile. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The ice cream truck guy's smiling at you. That's so scary. That was the scariest part of the movie, Smile, when they pull up next to the ice cream truck, and then the song, instead of hello, says, Smile. Smile. <laughs> uh, but yeah, long story short, well, I mean, if you listen to audio in a car, then you have no right to you, uh, you disparage bike people. You have a lot more Smile. peripheral vision when you are. It's it's amazing when you actually ride a bicycle in a city and you're like, oh, wait, there's not like a pillar here and here yeah. that are just fucking up my vision. You can really just like see everything. Right. Yeah. I, I think it kind of comes back around to this point that we made in this interview, which is that, like all this stuff gets better if just more people bike. Yeah. Like, it'll probably be less of a fucking uh, legal liability. Well, you know what? I'm saying this out loud and I'm realizing if more people biked and there was more bike culture, white people would not get arrested for having headphones on is probably mm. what would happen. Then, yeah. It's a... It's it it's not like it's an everybody issue too because like you take away the cycling option because like everybody always wants to be like oh we shouldn't let these cyclists run the city and we shouldn't let them just be everywhere on the road it's like well what's the other option do you want to put them in cars do you want like it's like you've seen that diagram that shows like a street and it says this is how many people you can fit on a bus in like this and this is how many people on bikes can fit in this mm-hmm. this yeah. is how many people walking it's like if you put all the cycling people in like any other thing. It just multiplies how inefficient it is and how much more space it takes. Right. Up. It's like, what do you want? What are you going to do? Are also, you going to kick them out? We're the like, ho- homeless people of the road. So like that. Logic that is a is really like, good way to put it. It's the same logic is like, ah, these people are taking over this town. Yeah. Dude, what? 
I mean, we're already doing congestion pricing. It looks like we're going to... Is that actually happening? I, I heard it's happening. I think Adams is actually... Well, he's probably against it, but it might happen despite him. Um, we're going to take a Claritin and <laughs> fix up this congestion pricing. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Good one, Eric Adams. We're gonna Thank get you so much. Another <laughs> phlegm monster from the CGI commercials. <laughs> get him. Uh, that guy's my neighbor. I've lived next to him. In, <laughs> what, where is he? Where's his New Jersey? Uh, it's not like Fort Lee, I think. Yeah. I live in Fort Lee with the phlegm monster. <laughs> He's my landlord. He's a great guy. He's definitely not a landlord. <laughs> Uh, I'm just doing your impersonation of Eric Adams. It's a now. good impersonation. <laughs> I feel like it's getting even closer. It's yeah. good. That's how impersonations work, though. Yeah. You just do somebody else's. Think, it just James Adomian an important impression. Yeah. 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 Uh, another really quick gripe. Then I swear we're done. I <laughs> gripe we'll zone. get to the gripes. Uh, Google Maps. Rooney. Google Maps. What the fuck happened to Google Maps? You used to be able to. <laughs> <laughs> they had great bike directions. You used to be able to. Punch in and directions in general, but it's especially bad when you're on a bike. This okay, and this is to, really valid. That what you're saying. You know where you're, you know where I'm going with this. Yeah. Are you talking about I mean, Knickerbocker specifically? No, I'm talking about the app Google Maps. But like the what it tells you, because like if you go on Google Maps and say I want to go from Bushwick to Williamsburg, it'll uh -huh. be like, well, you want to ride down Knickerbocker. That's going to be a great bicycle intersection for you. But it is categorically the worst street in all of Brooklyn in terms of double I parking. I rode down it to get here today. This yeah. is one of yeah. Danny's gripes. But I, I agree. Knickerbocker sucks. Although yeah. I don't think that's what you're talking no, about. No, I'm, I'm well, talking about the app. Something happened where you used to be able to punch in the directions. You pull them up, good bike directions, mm. and then turn your data off, put your phone in your pocket, and once you needed to check again, you could, you know, pull over on your bike and pull it back up and it would still be there. And something happened where it just wipes the directions after like five minutes. So really? you have to go back, turn the data on, punch in the address again, like zoom in. And it, it's so inefficient and annoying. And it didn't, it was not always this way. So you have to turn the data off. Why? Just because it will like, so yeah. saving data. You're trying to save data. You save that data. Yeah, but data even if battery. You have a Boost Mobile plan or something? <laughs> you have a phone from the past? I have limited data. But even if... You still get chirps. But regardless of the data, it just wipes the directions after like five minutes for some reason. Yeah. It's really annoying. I mean, a, a rule of thumb, which kind of ties into this, is basically that whatever Google Maps is telling you, whatever Apple Maps is telling you, it is just sort of like their vibe on what the bike path is. It's like... So like... For my work every day, I have to go from Bushwick to the Brooklyn Navy Yard, and they would say, like, you should go down Knickerbocker and then turn left on Johnson or whatever and then go from there. But, like, the best option is to instead take the much safer and, for whatever reason, not talked about street Evergreen. Evergreen rules. Evergreen, Evergreen rocks. And it has a bike lane even. And for whatever reason, Google Maps is like, this street doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> but you take that. And then I take the more dangerous way by just going down flushing and having to deal with all the buses in the morning. Mm -hmm. But still, point being, whatever Google, Apple, whatever they're telling you is going to be like a version of the, the best way. You right. know? Ever, Evergreen you know what? kicks ass. It's uh, Knickerbocker the best. sucks. Yeah. I bet it's because uh, yeah, one yeah. of the programmers for Google Maps uh, takes the Evergreen bike lane and wants it to himself. Uh, or herself. Uh, Eye-opening emoji. I will say, you, sure. we talked about Bushwick Avenue and all the semi-trucks there. I used to decide to 
ride down Bushwick, Bushwick Avenue instead of Evergreen. And it was so idiotic. I don't know why I did it that Bushwick way. Bushwick Avenue. Get to work every day. It's so strange because it is arguably one of the more dangerous streets in Brooklyn. But you know what's the safest part of it? The sidewalk, because the sidewalk is literally the size of the entire street. Yeah. It is so big. Huge. So if you ride down the sidewalk on a bicycle, you're really safe. No one's walking on the sidewalk even. It's but like, huge. Yeah. And Especially just, if you need to do a drive-by. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No by. better street for a ride, it. You're doing a ride-by. Ride-by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're right. getting hyper local, folks. Yeah, yes. we should probably cut out this. I mean, not cut it out, but we should stop. You should yeah. cut it out. Three well, people be, complain. Three people are going to be pumped about this section. <laughs> really excited. People complain that you know we're only it's a bi-coastal podcast. We're in New York City. Talk to people in LA, and guess what? There's more of the country out there. Uh, there's this place. I don't know if you've heard of it called Chicago. <gasps> that some call the second city. Um, Everybody calls it the second city. <laughs> Laugh town. Yeah. Uh, and we're talking to somebody from there who is a biking organizer uh, with Bike Grid Now. Uh, and uh, he's got some great stuff to say about bike infrastructure and how to make this a more workable uh, form of transit and how to just, and, you know, it's another thing we uh, forgot to touch on, but is a huge part of this. So much better for environmental to have more people riding a bike. Uh, so let's go to that tape with... Our friend. All right, we are now joined by Ronnie Islam, who is an organizer with Chicago Bike Grid Now. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Hope you all are having a great Friday. Indeed, yes. Uh, it's the, well, the weather was getting better here in New York City. Uh, it's cooling off again, uh, but in general, this is the time of year where weather gets better. People get out on their bikes. Uh, some people, like our friend Andy, get hit. Uh, by mopeds on their bike. The accidents are happening here in New York City. Um, what's the... Yeah, there's bike accident weather happening. Right. Is that a th do you think that's a thing, bike accident weather? I would imagine it's worse weather. Um, so definitely, I think crashes definitely get, uh, get worse, especially when there's like rainy weather and stuff. I actually have uh, a Twitter bot that uh, tweets out crash stats every single day for the city of Chicago from the previous day. And you can always see a spike in crashes uh, after some bad weather. So definitely a thing. Wow. Um, and as I mentioned, you are with Chicago Bike Grid now. Uh, what can you tell us about uh, your organization and what what is this uh, bike grid? Yeah, so we're an activist collective that formed June of 2022. So we're coming up on our one-year anniversary um, and we organize direct actions to call attention to the need for state streets infrastructure in Chicago. The bike grid is our policy proposal that we pitch to municipal candidates, the mayor, um, as well as other state level uh, legislatures of 10% of Chicago streets being dedicated and part of a connected grid network of safe, slow residential streets um, that have infrastructure. First, we imagine, you know, quick build temporary infrastructure like planters and Jersey barriers and then following up with hardened infrastructure like chicanes and pinch points and curb bump outs and that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, I think the three out of four of us here are cyclists. We ride bike uh, to get, I don't know why I said we, we ride bike. We ride bike. We, ride. <laughs> we, ride bike. Uh, we get around on bicycles. Um, Yours is a beautiful culture. Yeah. <laughs> well, but that's the thing is it's, it's, uh, I'm also an idiot and I don't understand how uh, bikes work or 
uh, I, I feel like I don't know enough about uh, bike infrastructure. So do you mind just explaining some of those um, terms you just dropped, pinch points, and uh, what was the other thing? Chicanes. Chicanes, yes. Yeah, so chicanes. I know about um, chicanery, but I don't know about chicanes. <laughs> so chicanes are essentially, um, imagine having a little bump out on the road that requires someone who's driving to basically veer left a little bit. Mm. And there's another bump out on the other side that then requires them to veer right a little bit. Um, so it forces them to slow down and kind of like wiggle their way through the street. Um, pinch points do a similar thing, except the two bump outs are, you know, uh, next to each other. And then it narrows the street. Um, and by physically narrowing the street, drivers feel like they need to slow down and it makes the street safer for everyone. Um, I have a question. Yeah. Do you find that in uh, Chicago specifically, there's sort of an aversion to making physical barriers uh, like bollards and what have you, uh, as opposed to just painting on the ground? Because uh, in municipal government, there's a big push to make bike lanes and uh, a lot of politicians, uh, despite, you know, you know, wide dominance in like car culture, they seem amenable to making bike lanes, but they often won't make a physical barrier. They'll just make like something painted on the ground yeah. that can get parked in and what have you. Do you know it as if there's, you know, people in Chicago are like, oh, we'll make a bike lane, but we won't make it a, a true like separated bike lane. Oh, absolutely. Um, the, the number of bike lanes that we have in Chicago, A, isn't that great, but then the fact that most of them are just painted bike gutters, as we like to call them, <laughs> uh, is like absolutely disappointing. Um, a couple of years ago, Chicago started installing uh, buffered bike lanes and they called them protected bike lanes, but they had those like plastic flexi posts, the ones that you can just like push over with your hand. Um, and so many of them have just been like torn out by drivers that just park in the bike lane and drive right over them. Um, the city last year started replacing some of those with concrete curbs, but they're not bollards. They're only a couple inches high and you can like see where they're crumbling because drivers are still driving over them. <laughs> um, so it, yeah, it, it's absolutely ridiculous. The, the amount of infrastructure that we put in to protect drivers from each other is like, you know, steel fences and all sorts of things. Um, but once there's like pedestrians or bikers involved, it's like, oh, here's some pain and here's a plastic flexi post. Good luck. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing here how uh, people people just cannot compute the concept of bike lanes. Like, if, for most people in New York City, it's just free parking. Like, there's, you you know, car after car after car when you're going on down any street with a bike lane. Uh, the people fucking play bridge. Old ladies are playing cards and having parties in the bike lane. People stand there, have conversations. <laughs> like, they just do not respect that it's a bike lane, uh, right. which can be very frustrating. Um, another thing, too, that I, we have to, you know, we all have to contend with is uh, glass on the street, which will cause us to, to have to swerve sometimes closer to a car. And people get mad about that because they don't see the glass that's going to, you know, ruin our tires. Right. Uh, what can be done, if anything, about glass and other hazards that are on streets and in, in, in bike lanes? Yeah, so it's really just investing in the right equipment. The city of Chicago recently purchased a couple bike lane sweepers. Um, I mean, we have a literal street sweeping schedule for regular car lanes and like parking lanes, um, but there isn't like a regularly published schedule, nor is there enough uh, actual equipment to like go around the entire city and sweep the bike lanes, which is totally doable. They sell 
sweepers that are narrower than whatever they use to sweep uh, normal traffic lanes. Um, they just got to invest in it. Right. And uh, something else I'm wondering about, the, the people who treat bike lanes like parking, parking spots, uh, there's, you know, obviously generates a lot of animosity, makes us all mad. Uh, I know some people have taken to, like, reporting them to at least 311 or taking pictures. Uh, is that something we should take up in, in our own hands as, as cyclists? Or is that, you know, maybe going to sort of go down a, a more carceral path that, that won't do much good? Yeah, so Bike Grid Now was actually kind of a response to, like, escalating tensions between drivers and folks who are getting around on bikes. Um, there are, like, apps out there, and I know in, like, New York City, they recently piloted or launched, like, a bounty program where you can, like, submit photos, and then if the city sends over a ticket, you get, like, a piece of the cut or something. Oh. Um, but we believe that infrastructure and engineering should be the first solution when it comes to, to city bike lane design. Uh, when you put some paint down on the ground, we, with 100% certainty, know there are folks that are going to be parking in there. So we're like setting ourselves up for failure. Um, but if we design and build bike lanes that are great separated or protected by bollards or parking separate or parking protected, um, it just becomes so much more difficult for drivers to engage in that kind of bad behavior. Um, and we know that enforcement is never an equitable or just way to try to solve a problem. Um, so, so we're big believers in infrastructure first, um, before doing any kind of like, you know, enforcement, whether it's automated or citizen led. Um, but yeah. Right. Yeah. Calling the cops on those people would be like tempting because they're so obnoxious, but mm -hmm. that it would just lead to bad incentivization from there on where then it just becomes a thing where they have no reason to fix. Right. Yeah. And I have, I have heard of people slapping stickers on the the cars that say don't park on a bike lane, which yeah. feels yeah. sort of passive aggressive. But I, I like the yeah, that's what they, stuff. There's like the guy <laughs> that crashes his bike into cop cars and shit when they do that. <laughs> um, actually, in relation to that, how bad is the CPD at physically parking in the bike lanes in comparison to the NYPD? Because it's basically a joke that the NYPD gets to park everywhere. Yeah. Like, on the, the sidewalk. completely on the sidewalk in a bike lane. Are they as flagrant about it? Uh, or is the Chicago police department as flagrant about it? Or is it just a weird cultural thing here? Yeah. Let's compare dickhead cops. Yeah. <laughs> what, what are yours like? <laughs> Chicago Twitter is going to roast me for this, but I do think NYPD is worse. Ooh, uh, CPD that, uh, is bad. Best city in the world. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. CPD probably like one of the worst offenders. Um, we also see like, ComEd, which is our municipal uh, like power company, they're also really bad offenders. Um, I think last summer there was a ComEd parked in a bike lane, and then there was a family biking, and there was like a semi truck, or not a semi truck, but there was like a truck next to them. And then um, the mother got startled, and she was like trying to weave between traffic because of this parked truck in the bike lane. And then she fell, her daughter fell, and then her uh, daughter was killed oh my uh, God. by the, the second truck. Um, so, you know, a lot of times people say, like, oh, just go around. Like, it's, like, not a big deal. Just be a minute, whatever. Um, but there are fatal consequences to, like, police vehicles, municipal vehicles, or whoever else parking in these bike lanes, even if it's only for a minute. Man, that's – well, that makes me want, like, with the current state of bike transit – would you recommend if somebody you're talking to is like, you know what, I have a kid and I 
I want to bring them around on the little carousel thing on my bike. Uh, is that safe? What, what, what do you say, uh, to, to parents? Yeah. So, uh, if you asked me that question like a year ago, I would have said like, I think parents who ride around the city with their kids are like absolutely wild. Like I could never do that with my child, but since then, um, getting more involved with the biking community and seeing the number of families that do get around the city with their children on their own bikes or whether they're cargo buckets or whatever else it might be. Um, it's been really inspiring and we see this in countries all across the world where the number one thing that makes folks on bikes safer is just sheer numbers of people on bikes. So mm-hmm. the more people that we can get out on bikes, the more need there will be for safe streets infrastructure. Um, and then also we know about the like you know, secondhand health benefits of biking around and the kids not being in cars and engaging with the environment um, at a slower pace than if they're just like locked up in an SUV and mm-hmm. zooming around town. Um, so I would, I would highly encourage it. It makes, uh, kids happier and it makes our cities a better place. Yeah. Well, something it, it feels very rare right now when I'm biking and there's like more than one or two other people who are also biking. It's kind of like a very rare moment where you have like 10 bikes on a street at the same time. It does happen though. And I wonder, is that going to create its own set of dynamics and potentially, you know, other bike on bike traffic problems? Uh, Or, you know, it seems like that's ultimately going to be much, much safer, but are there other problems and things we're going to have to figure out presented by a bunch of people uh, biking at once? Yeah, I think it's just going to be the need to expand infrastructure. So like right now, if you're in Chicago, and you want it to go from, I'm, I'm like close to Humboldt Park, you want to go to the Loop, there's really only maybe one or two safe routes to get to wherever you want to go. So that kind of like forces people to just use the same like streets. But if we had multiple safe routes, that traffic would be distributed across different streets. Um, if we have adequate infrastructure, it's not like 10 people are biking in the bike lane gutter next to speeding trucks. Um, but if they're like great separated, safer, um, but then if you look at videos from Amsterdam where there's just like hundreds of people on any given street, the way that people just like flow when they're biking, is just like beautiful because mm. you're just like going slower. You're a lot more aware of your surrounding. It's a lot easier to navigate when you're surrounded by people on bikes. Um, it's also just a geometry problem. People in cars, cars just take up a lot of space. Mm-hmm. So it's really easy to notice five cars on a street. But then when people are biking, they're faster, they're smaller, they're a lot more like nimble, I guess. So you don't really notice the the volume of traffic as much when folks are on bikes. Right. Well, I'm, I'm wondering, too, uh, you know, in my hometown now, I've been watching a little bit. There's a big heated debate over a bike lane expansion on one of the main streets in, in St. Paul, Minnesota. They uh, want to expand it. But some of the biggest opponents to it are cyclists, uh, people who claim that bike lanes are actually make us less safe and that what we need is, you know, if you want to ride a bike, you have to be in there with the traffic competing. And that's actually the safest way to do it. Uh, have you got resistance from people like that? And, and what's, what's sort of the rebuttal to the, uh, often, um, shiny, they're often in uh, neon, you know, uh, like tour de France, Lycra, Lycra. Yes. There are, <laughs> what, what's our response to our, to our, uh, cycling friends who are a little more, uh, on the edge. Yeah, so thankfully in Chicago, I don't think, so the thing that you just described uh, is commonly referred to as vehicular cycling, where folks on bikes should treat themselves as though they are 
a motor vehicle and use the same rules of the road as folks who are driving cars. Um, thankfully, we haven't had much of that in Chicago, but I've seen it like happen on like people will talk like that online. Um, and a couple of things. First, the laws of physics don't apply to bikes the same way they apply to cars. So the laws of the roads shouldn't apply the same way either. And second of all, um, that type of cycling can be very dangerous, especially for folks who are more vulnerable. So uh, kids who are biking can't bike like they're driving a car. Folks with cargo bikes can't bike that same way. Um, it's a very exclusionary way to treat safety. Um, and yeah, it ultimately just does not make us safer. The only thing that makes us safer is infrastructure and countries like the Netherlands, Mexico City, Bogota, Colombia, um, they've, they've all shown us that investment in infrastructure is really what brings down um, traffic crashes, fatalities, and also encourages people to bike more. Mm. Yeah, vehicular cycling is a weird phenomenon because I think it was actually invented by a guy from Minnesota and he had just a weird throw caution to the wind laissez-faire attitude where it was just like i'm going to dare you to hit me and <laughs> most people didn't and for some other reason for one odd reason or another his adaptation of cycling in a city was just adapted into uh, mainstream infrastructural thought and it just hasn't hasn't been shaken for whatever God. reason that's wild. Maybe it's the same guy who's opposed to the Summit Avenue expansion. Um, but a, a lot of the, I mean, there's another big, you know, sort of, uh, it feels like almost a contrarian take where some cyclists will say, you know what? Uh, I'm, I don't wear a helmet because they actually make you less safe, uh, which it, full disclosure used to be me just because I didn't, I, I, I'm dorky enough as it is and I didn't want to add more what perceived dorkiness by the helmet. But at this point, you know, I, I wear a helmet every time I ride because why not? Uh, but that that's also kind of a bunk theory too, that, that there's this weird psychological explanation for why uh, helmets make you less safe. That's BS, I know a right? guy who says that, and then like every three months, his Instagram is just a, fo- like a photo <laughs> from his perspective in the hospital. It's like insane. <laughs> Yeah, I, I try to avoid helmet discourse as much as possible <laughs> on Twitter. There's just like you can't win. Um, what we do know is like countries like the Netherlands, where such a high percentage of people do bike, they don't really use helmets, and mm. their traffic injuries are very, very low. Um, just because like the types of crashes you would get into when you're just around other people who are biking at like 10 miles an hour, it's just not going to be that severe. Um, so in those cases, because of the infrastructure, because of how many people are biking, you like don't really need to rely on the helmet. Um, but if you're riding around going like 25 miles an hour around cars and your head's going to hit the asphalt while you're biking that fast, the helmet's probably going to, probably going to do some work. Yeah. My kind of come to Jesus moment was like, I, I was like, all right, I'll wear a helmet today. It just see how it goes. And that day I happened to get bonked on the head by, a mirror from a semi truck and if i hadn't had the helmet it would have severely it didn't nothing happened because i was wearing a helmet but if i hadn't had it on you were just like in plane with the the mirror because the truck was so tall it just was like gunk yep. like that oh yeah my God. if i had uh, been wearing that bible on my head <laughs> <laughs> i would have died john forrester was the vehicle vehicle vehicular cycling guy and okay. he, he's english and actually was like a California guys, so oh, because there are English Minnesotans, and I could definitely yeah. see one of them being like this. But. Yeah, yeah, no, he's a California crazy person. <laughs> uh, um, 
Well, another thing you know I think about a lot is uh, access to bikes and who has it. You know, more expensive bikes. Uh, the inflation feels like has affected the price of bikes. Um, what are what are some of the the organizing surrounding getting uh, people, particularly young people, low income people, access to bikes who wouldn't uh, be exposed to them otherwise? Yeah, so I know the city of Chicago launched a program last year to give like five thousand bikes away to people over the course of like five years. Um, they had opened applications and then they were at capacity within like 24 hours or something. So the need for bikes is incredibly high, especially for folks who are, um, in the lower income, uh, brackets. Um, in Chicago, there are a couple organizations like the recyclery working bikes. Um, and what they do is they accept like donated bikes and they work on them. And then, um, they either give them away to communities or they sell them for a very affordable price. Um, and those are like really great ways to, to get a really nice bike that someone's just like worked on. Um, right now with Chicago Bike Grid Now, we actually had an organizer um, who was housing some uh, migrants who had recently arrived to Chicago and they felt very stranded, uh, the migrants did, because they just had no transportation options. Um, so they were like walking 40 minutes a day to, to, you know, go to their appointments, to try to get work permits, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and we uh, started working with another community organization called Communities United to fix up some bikes and get them into the hands of uh, some migrants who just really needed transportation options. Um, so there's like a lot of, you know, kind of like splintered and fractured work happening um, and unfortunately, our municipal services, and our city government, I don't think is meeting the need um, because folks want to get on bikes and they don't want to drive. And public transportation is sometimes very unreliable. Public transportation doesn't serve all parts of the city in the same way. Um, and really being able to bike and get to wherever you need to go is like such a, an amazing, gives you such a, an amazing sense of like freedom. Um, yeah. And more and more folks need access to that. Yeah. And do you think uh, with the new mayor, is that, do you think any of that's going to change or are you um, trepidatious about, about his uh, bike policy? We are optimistic. So uh, during the election season, we had a policy proposal that Aldermanic and mayoral candidates could have endorsed. And that was basically the bike grid policy proposal that we talked about earlier. Um, and we had close to 70 Aldermanic candidates who endorsed the bike grid. And then we had five out of the nine mayoral candidates endorse as well. And now Mayor Brandon Johnson was also one of the candidates who endorsed. So we, we are optimistic and looking forward to working with this administration in you know, designing and implementing infrastructure solutions um, and making sure it's easier uh, and safer for folks to bike in Chicago. It's, uh, it's probably worth mentioning, too, that it's incredibly important when getting bicycles for uh, people in like marginalized communities to make sure that they're getting the right types of bikes. Because uh, very often, if uh, you'll encounter people who go into bike shops and they'll be like, can you please fix this bike for me? I got it at Walmart or you know a place where you can get a bicycle for, say, $200. And very often, the components that are on the bicycle are just simply unrepairable. Like they are designed right. to be sold essentially one time and never worked on before. So when it comes to making sustainable long-term uh, solutions for people actually riding bikes, it's like, it's, it's an issue called like the bicycle shaped object. 
problem. Hmm. It like looks like a bike. It functions oh. like a bike. But if it breaks in any way, shape, or form, it will cease to function like a bike. And the problem with creating uh, sustainable bike issues, like solutions, is that you kind of just have to spend like $700 and that'll make a bicycle really good, really standard for a very long time. But like anything less than that, you either need to scale it up and make a ton of them or... Yeah, yeah. It just get it gets it's very it's a very piecemeal problem. Yeah, and I think that's what's really cool about uh, collectives like the Recyclery because they get donated bikes that are basically like not usable anymore. But the frame is fine. Most of the components that are like really expensive are fine, but they need like new tires or a new chain, new brake cables, and those things are much cheaper to repair. Um, so for a couple hundred dollars, you can fix up like an old bike and then sell it. Um, and it would be a lot more, a lot more sustainable and a lot better to ride than your $200 Walmart bike, like you mentioned. So yeah, really good call out. Right. And I, I do want to note too, that one of the obstacles, it feels like an obstacle can be frankly, and not all bike store employees, but there is, you know, the stereo, there's some truth to the stereotype that bike shops Quentin can be. Tarantino of the bike shop. Yeah, <laughs> very much so. They can oh, be, he's can... going to use that wheel. Yeah, there, there frankly can be some extreme pretentiousness. However, more bike infrastructure, more access to bikes will clear that up and reduce that. Uh, is that fair to yeah. say? Yeah, absolutely. I got yeah. my first bikes at a bike co-op in Austin called Austin Yellow Bike that is low-key anarchists, very cool kids. And uh, they're really they're still there, I think. They're, they're a really great institution because they're, like, uh, purposely subverting all the, all the little capitalist problems we're talking about here by creating sort of a um, universal resource, you know, for... for uh, if we have institutions like that, I guess what I'm saying, it... it exponentially sort of solves the problem because you have a place where you can just go in and swap out parts and it's not designed for them to be single use and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. Not for yeah. nothing too. The farther you go out to suburbs is the more that problem really shows up. Like if you're going to Yonkers, New York, you're going to find a lot more like $5,000 treks and mm -hmm. like stuff like that. But for the most part with maybe the exception of like some very high end markets in like New York city, for example, most most shops are pretty cool, and like I'd say, the biggest problem is there's just it's just a pretty dude heavy uh, yeah. um, market. So yeah, it could be a little bit um, exclusionary to you know uh, you know BIPOC people and stuff like that. But uh, most of the time, eighty percent of the time, people are pretty chill. But those twenty percent are very loud and kind of right. shitty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just, make, we just gotta make like culture better. Absolutely, know, yeah. Part of it. Well, uh, thank you for your contribution to that uh, bike culture, Ronnie. Uh, where can people find you, and how can they get involved in Chicago Bike Grid now? Yep, so we're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Reddit as at Bike Grid Now, and then our website is bikegridnow.org. All right, well, thanks for joining us. Okay, that was another episode of Pod Dental Damn America, the <laughs> podcast that is a curse that kills you, like the Smile movie. Uh Bike talk. It's over for a while. If you're um if you if you don't want to listen to bike talk, a podcast like car talk about biking, <laughs> uh we're probably not gonna do it again for another six months. Uh yeah. Oh, one last gripe to get out. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> We've unlocked a bonus gripe here. <laughs> <laughs>
Hello. Well, we left it. We left the interview on this. Is the pretentiousness? I just want to say, like, oh my god, I don't. I go to a, a bike shop and get my the shit fixed there because I'm an idiot and I don't understand bikes. And Anders you can't expect an me idiot? to. Idiot. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I, I just want to, the, there was a place I bought my bike from, brought it back to, because uh, the wheel, as I said to them, is off kilter, right? Out of true. Well, that that's is- exactly the fucking thing the guy said to me. <laughs> and he, Stop triggering, Anders. When I brought it in, right. I was like, my wheel's off kilter. And he's like, I don't know what that means. Oh, I, like, I, you oh, literally no. do. It's just... <laughs> The same means the same thing. Why yeah. do you think you have to use this wonky terminology? Yeah, that's. I'm. I'm sorry. They said true. it in such a uh, Williamsburg accent. Just. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why your bicycle's broken. <laughs> yeah, that's true, and that is something that we should. Um, uh, yeah, no, we should organize and make a caucus to stop being. St- Mean Dick. bike store. Well, I mean, as you just said, I think that this genuinely will uh, change the more mean? people ride bike. Because, you know, <laughs> you don't expect people to be able to fix their cars like all the, you know, where, you know, exactly exact parts of the engine. There are a lot of people who drive a car who have no idea how it works. I'm yeah. like that with a bike and we need more people to ride bikes and that's going to have more, you know, ignorant yeah. people of the sprockets and gears and things. More and more. That's, a, that's the correct bike. term. Bike sprockets, guys. gears. Okay. That's what they call them. Also, yeah, people needing to th- think, stop thinking of them as toys. They're a legitimate way to get yeah. around, you know. They're a man's tools. Yeah, how big were that guy's fucking ear gauges? Is he one of those guys? Um, Here, just use this wheel I have in my ear, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's not off kilter. It's true. Yeah. Shoulda. Uh, I'm sorry that happened to you, by the way. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm still I'm sorry triggered. It was mean to you. Yeah, no. I you're right. It's a good gripe. I just don't know what to say about it other than. I, yeah. I mean, honestly, my solution is to bring it to place Solid to like. Honestly, Latin bike shops because they mm, they probably Latin? still think I'm an idiot. But is Latin that like a more swarthy shops. bike shop or something like like lit- well, Latin American? Oh, okay. Owned yeah. and operated. I don't know why I thought of an Italian guy. He didn't. He didn't mean like a classical Roman bike shop. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, uh, a bike shop with a bust out run front. by a Praetorian guard. There's gonna be a little Latin dude who's like, no es verdad. Ay <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> 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 and under your breath, I, 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 is one of the most offensive things. All right, I, we have to do plugs. I got to get the fuck out all of right, here. Right. Hey, 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 if you are a listener in Austin, Texas, next week, uh, I'm at the Velveeta Room on 6th and Red River. I'm doing three fucking shows. Friday and Saturday night. Or, I mean, three shows collectively over the course of Friday and Saturday night. Uh, I don't know. Ticket links will be up. It's uh, the 26th and 27th. Please come out and see me. I, it's, I have, it's been a long time since I played the Velve. It's my home club. Uh, it's always a lot of fun. And uh, I don't know. I, I, come so I make money. I don't know. That's it. That's the whole plug. <laughs> come so Jake makes money. That's and if I'm you are saying. a Brooklyn laugh freak, you got to come in two weeks on June 1st to the recurring paid protest stand-up comedy show featuring Anders Lee. Live gripes. <laughs> Live gripes <laughs> happening in your face. That's right. And that's at Silo in Bushwick on June 1st. And it's going to start uh, doors at 730. We'll put the ticket link to that in the description. And uh, you got to be there for that. And that's going to be my only plug this week. At uh, Anders Lee here on Twitter, Dursley One Instagram. Um, if you like discussions about infrastructure and like city planning and stuff like that that we had today, if you're one of those freaks, 
who enjoyed this episode, uh, check out our bonus feed. We got uh, a great episode we did with the Well There's Your Problem guys about the Philadelphia elections that just happened and just sort of infrastructure policy in general. It's a lot of fun. Check it yeah, out. Yeah, we got gripes back there, folks. Yeah. A lot of gripes. Yeah. Oh, Daniel? I, I don't do comedy anymore. I haven't done it in three years. But if you want to follow me for like sewing content on my Instagram, you can follow me at Danny Phelps. Yeah, you yeah. put together 300 three-foot-tall bird statues this week. Oh, God. Don't talk about the birds. Did you get into sewing because of your last name? Pardon me? Did you get into it because of your last name? Phelps? Phelps? I was wondering the same really... So felt well. Okay. You can mold it with like steam, but it doesn't so great. All right. Yeah. Well, I, another thing I don't know about. Yeah. Inspiration for the new Zelda game where it's all just putting things together. What is the deal with that game? I keep seeing people like wiling out on Twitter about it. It's 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 Minecraft Zelda. That's what I thought. Minecraft Zelda. It's just like, yeah, yeah. It's like you're Danny and you're building stuff all day. Yeah. yeah it's pretty I much can, what if Danny, yeah, you what can if me, Danny and Zelda. You can hit me up. I do fabrication work now. So hit me up if you need help. <laughs> all right. Always needing someone to fabricate. We're done. Me. We're done. Everyone yeah. shut up. <laughs> I have go. to go to work. It's finished. <laughs> I have to bike to work with my headphones on. It's finished.